Welcome to Unjust, a detective story. This season contains dark themes and descriptions of violence, as well as some language that may be inappropriate for a younger audience. Enjoy. The second bomb site is closer to the station. I don't know what kind of fortune that is. The building fares poorly for sure. A four alarm fire futilely turning the city's water supply into steam at the maw of deep orange and red ravenous beasts. They're eating their way out of an abandoned building, I'm informed. If there is loss of life, the fire will have to be put down before we can see what's left of its meal. There's plenty of onlookers now but only one person that can give an account of the explosion. She heard a bang, called it in, watched the fire birth violently and start to consume nothing else. <laughs> Might as well have not called it in. The city was on alert for signal flares. This one cut into the morning sky, an unmistakable black curtain calling mayhem and violence. It's only 15 minutes left of the morning. I was at the abandoned site just after eight. Now I'm two fingers of scotch into a new bottle and drinking deeper to forget about the first bomb site. A daycare. The only way things go from bad to worse is if you leave a bombed out abandoned building to visit the remains of a fucking bombed out daycare. Four kids and a teacher made it to the hospital to be treated for grievous wounds. One little girl not as lucky. The other kids, though, shell-shocked and scuffed, will be living with today for a very, very long time. Word who clawed into my esophagus, desperate to jump out, being followed hotly by what? My brain unable to rein in the gut responses. Who would prey on children? What kind of monster must they be? The words permeate the air around me, so I light a smoke, strangling my instincts with nicotine and giving my thoughts a moment to form order. So far as I can see, anyone could have placed the bomb. The place was closed over the weekend, and the explosion is clearly from an outside source, most likely the air conditioner. Even though most daycares have security measures like cameras and keycard entrances, there's nothing protecting or recording on that side of the building. The same as the rest, explosions ripping into everyday life with not a hair left behind to claim ownership. I must have looked about as bad as I felt when I stomped back into the station. They told me gently I was no longer the lead on the case. It made sense. I have no specialization in fire or bombs, and for a moment after the briefing had finished I was ready to feel relieved, but it didn't come. The weight hung around. I, I could feel the pressure on my skin and under my muscles, against my bones and inside my teeth was free from being responsible in the eyes of the department, but I was far from done hunting this monster. <laughs> the new lead, fresh off closing an arson case surrounding a meatpacking plant, goes over what we know with myself and a few of the beat cops that have been to the three scenes. 
two more bombs and very little about the bomber has been discovered since the first. The bombs were nearly identical, but the one at the abandoned building was more powerful and perhaps an indication of something worse coming. He's swearing to God that we're gonna nail this fucker! And this might as well be the test screen at the end of daily broadcast for me. I check out. Laughing at our God, O oh powerful God, who kills children? O oh wise God, who protects this depraved person? I pray as I head to my desk where the new bottle of scotch waits to alleviate me from this divine delusion. I'm trying to pour a fourth jigger when Lead God Almighty throws an open pack of cigarettes at me and indicates we're going for a ride. We're going back to the abandoned building. Bomb squad cleared it and fire drowned much of it down to mud and ash. At first we're trying to trace the route of the bomb, looking for the source and any fragments that might have washed up. Hovering around us, the scene techs drifted, dusting blackened bricks and turning over scraps and white gloves. We're informed there was in fact a casualty. It couldn't have been known initially, but with the fire out, the curled shape of what used to be a human was found and taken to the morgue. Lead CA thinks it's a vagrant. I pop a smoke in my mouth before my stomach decides to start pro-offering as much useless bile. Preliminary findings on the body do suggest blunt force trauma to the back of the skull, but that could be anything from violence by another to the collapse of a building being actively bombed. There's a 50-50 chance we'll get an ID. Even lower if it does end up being a homeless person. Lead CA leads me among the hot and damp rubble to meet with the mayor and with the suggestion that my goal should be to follow up with the victim from the first bomb, which is hard to recall in the haze of sleep deprivation and scotch lunch. The pair have a date with reporters who've been circling the debris for hours now. I'm sure there's even more at the daycare. I, I couldn't stop thinking about that scene. I could hear them answering questions and the predictable cacophony of voices talking over each other and asking the same questions. Who, why, what, as though they couldn't see the crew of police and fire picking through the remains looking for answers themselves. We're taking appropriate measures. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. I've done this job a while and I don't recall the seminar on effective responses to daycare bombings. This thing, whatever it is, whoever it is, is not acting appropriately. What we're doing in response, bringing in fire, bringing in bomb, ATF, doing a dragnet, running dogs, it's all kind of a response to a kind of thing, but, but they're not the right response to this. The crews aren't finding leads, the dogs aren't sniffing any ammonium nitrate or black powder, the dragnet is just poking at juvenile offenders, and dudes on an ATF do not sell to list. I look at the reporters and the TV crew staring down the mayor in the lead, and I know, right down in my gut where the natural instinct is still choking on tar, these responses are for them, not for the person responsible. What we need is luck. Not God and not dogs, just dumb luck. I don't know what shape it will take, a, a misstep by the bomber, an unanticipated witness, a camera that is actually pointed in the right way, a pissed off neighbor, an ex who suspects something cracked pavement that they trip on and screws up their escape, that kind of dumb fucking luck. Lead CA drops me off at the station and I sit at my desk. 
rolling a shot of scotch around in the jigger, watching the yellow fluorescence skate on the brown surface. I do this, and then I turn my eyes back to the pictures on my desk, a collage of time and madness. Kids alive and well, and then maimed or dead. Small and lively smiles wrapped in the affection of parents and siblings, bloody eyes red or closed, lying on gurneys facing the sky. Unjust was written by J.M. Montavon. This episode features Scott Krim, produced and directed by me, Alex Montavon. Script edited by Joseph Eislin. Sound edited by Hazen Tobar. Don't forget to leave us a review and visit our website at unjustdetectivestory.com. Thank you for listening. Unjust will return.